it's been suggested that uh, the Ur's day of anniversary of Darshan Singh is once a year, but we disagree. I think it should be every day. The Ur's of Darshan is every day. And the poem says, whoever bit says, why should you read it alone in secret? Whoever bid you to drink alone in secret, this is wine, so serve it to others and drink. <laughs> so we're going to read this poem aloud. <laughs> Whoever bid you to drink alone in secret, this is wine, so serve it to others and drink. Worldly sorrows, bitter trials, forget them all and drink. Humming, stirring songs of love, raise your cup and drink. Even as you reach for the cup, hold fast to the hem of devotion. First bow your head in worshipful love, then drink. If your longing cools, then what hope is there for bliss? And all those stars that lie asleep, awaken them and drink. The remedy for life's sorrows is drown is to drown them in tears of love. Friends, a dark night has fallen. Light up the lamps and drink. Goodness. Whatever wine the sake wills becomes your destiny. Even if he pours your you poison, smile you, my friends, and drink. Seeing my true devotion, the venerable Sheikh exclaimed, huh? Quote, since you drink, you must, such drink you must, Adarshan, better come to the mosque and drink. <laughs> so we had a shake up here. Isn't like Maneri like a shake? <laughs> so I'll read it again, I guess. We're reading poem 49 of Love's Last Madness, the revised edition, which is an English translation of the Urdu poem uh, 61 in Mata Inor by Darshan Singh. Whoever bid you to drink alone in secret, this is wine, so serve it to others and drink. Uh -huh. Worldly sorrows, bitter trials, forget them all, and drank. Hmm. Humming, string, stirring songs of love, raise your cup and drink. I'm supposed to hum, stirring songs of love, raise our cup and drink. <laughs> Do you know how to hum songs of love? Stirring songs of love, not just songs of love, but humming, stirring songs of love. Raise your cup and drink. Even if, as you reach for the cup, hold fast to the hem of devotion. You know what a hem is, right? Mm -hmm. Your soul. First bow your head in worshipful love. It says, first bow your head in worshipful love. Then drink. <laughs> if your longing cools, then what hope is there for bliss? 
All those stars that lie asleep, awaken them and drink. The remedy for life's sorrows is to drown them in tears of love. Is that the remedy now? The remedy for life's sorrows. Now we have the remedy. Interesting. The remedy for life's sorrows is to drown them in tears of love. Friends, a dark night has fallen. Light up the lamps and drink. <laughs> Whatever wine the sake wills becomes your destiny. Hmm, the sake is the... Uh, what's, he's the guy who pours the wine. Even if he pours you poison, smile, my friends, and drink. He says, even if you pours you poison. Seeing my true devotion, the venerable sheikh exclaimed, since drink you must, O Darshan, better come to the mosque and drink. <laughs> now we're going to the mosque to drink. <laughs> if you must drink, then just go to the mosque and drink there. <laughs> Now, analysis, I don't know if you like analysis, but <laughs> analysis says, Whoever bid you to drink alone in secret, this is wine, so serve it to others and drink. Now, 49, that's Psalm 49, verse 1, says, The wine refers to the wine of divine love. Verse 4, if your longing cools, then what hope is there for bliss? All those stars that lie asleep, awaken them and drink. Verse 4, at the outset, the disciple may enter the spiritual path with great enthusiasm, but under the strain of worldly affairs, their zeal begins to wane, and the spiritual practices lapse into formality. By making communion with God the ruling passion of their lives, they can revive their spiritual longing and hopes for divine ecstasy. Verse 6 says, Whatever wine the sake wills becomes your destiny, even if he pours you poison. Smile, my friends, and drink. Verse 6 says, A competent spiritual master takes charge of working out his disciples' karmic accounts. Thus, even when they must undergo misfortune or suffering, they should accept it happily as a gift from their master, knowing that he is dispensing it in the best interest of their spiritual growth, Sant Darshans. Saying has written, if ye, we have full faith in the Master, if we have fully surrendered ourselves to Him, we will naturally have confidence in Him, as our destiny lies solely in His hands. Our beloved Master Santa Karpal Singh always used to tell us that our destiny is controlled by the Master the moment He initiates us into the mysteries of the beyond. Our account with the angel of death is at that moment torn to pieces. From that moment on, we are entirely in the care of the Master. One initiated into the path of the Master knows that henceforth the arbiter of his fate is the Master. The Master is his only benefactor. Verse 7 says, Seeing my true devotion, the venerable shake exclaims, Since you drink, you must, a darshan better come to the mosque and drink. Verse 7, Drinking is forbidden in Islam as an impediment to devotion to God. By inviting a tippler like Darshan into the mosque, the sheikh ironically is violating his own principles. 
This verse subtly suggests, however, that narrow-minded religious dogmas are transcended. When a person is imbued with passionate love for God and enjoys mystical communion with the Lord. And we have footnote 206 refers to uh, Secret of Secrets. Hmm, page 67. Hmm, it's in 67. Hmm. Patience and Perseverance. Uh -huh. I better read the entire Patience and Perseverance, previously read on May 18th, 2016. Now to be read again. Patience and Perseverance. We're trying to be patient. It's referring to... Hmm. Whatever wine the sake wills becomes your destiny. Even if he pours you poison, smile, my friends, and drink. And now I'm going to read from The Secret of Secrets, Spiritual Talks by Darshan Singh, Chapter 8, Patience and Perseverance. If we wish to keep the Master's commandments, we have to first to surrender ourselves completely to His will, and secondly, to mold our lives according to His instructions. But to achieve complete self-surrender needs much patience and perseverance. This path of the Sarachab Yuga is one of perfect hope. It is not a path of dismay, disappointment, and disillusionment. Disillusion. But because of certain difficulties we have to overcome in the initial stages, sometimes we feel we are not making any headway. We are not progressing at the pace we desire. There are no shortcuts on the path to perfection, and that is why we must develop patience and perseverance. Patience is necessary because there is a time factor involved and the perseverance is necessary because of the difficulties that must be overcome during the spiritual journey. There should be constancy. To march forward on this path, we should develop patience and perseverance and our effort shall be constant. That's why I'm saying uh, the errors of Darshan Singh is every day. They are an integral part of the divine journey we have undertaken. They are prerequisites we wish to mold our lives according to the commandments of the Master. And if we wish to surrender ourselves entirely to his sweet little constant endeavor, is the, our effort is only brought into play when there are patience and perseverance to support it. It is the ego that makes us impatient. Everything happens at the pre-adorned ordained moment. As fruit ripens after having passed through the maturing process, so the soul's progress also depends on a period of preparation after gradual shifting away of all ties with the mind and senses. But the ego wants everything to be done in the twinkling of an eye, however slow we feel we are progressing. If we have full faith in the Master, we have fully surrendered ourselves to Him. We will naturally have confidence in Him, and our destiny lies solely in His hands. Those who have taken to the path of the Sarachab Yoga are not ruled by the stars. <laughs> wow. Those who have taken to the path of the Sarachab Yoga are not ruled by the stars. Some of my sons and daughters and brothers and sisters who come here have the tendency to go to astronomers, astrologers, to find out what is in store for them. Our beloved Master always used to tell us that our Destiny is controlled by the Master the moment he initiates us into the mysteries of the beyond our account with the angel of death is at that moment torn to pieces. 
From that moment we are entirely in the care of the Master One, initiated into the path of the Master's knows that henceforth the arbiter of his fate is the Master. Master is his only benefactor. The Master is the divine light who alone serves the children. The child initiate lovingly, selflessly, and without fee. So although we may at times become impatient with the progress on the path, although we lack perseverance and our efforts are not constant, we know it is only the Master who renders us help and guidance and protection at every turn. If anyone else offers us help in any sphere of life that bows and is bound to expect something from us in return, the Master has no need of anything from us. His work is done out of pure love because he has gone come with the divine mission of mercy from God. We have seen that all masters have lived on their own earnings. Uh, they always work to support themselves and never lived on the offerings from their devotees. Master is therefore our true friend, philosopher, and guide. The moment we start realizing he is the arbiter of our destiny and that everything must happen to the proper time, then the question of impatience will not arise. We become impatient because we are still bound to the ego. Drop the ego and you will soar into ethereal regions. <laughs> wow. Drop the ego and you will soar into ethereal regions. Okay. <laughs> but any of us are not only egotists, but ego egoist, but egotist as well. There's a difference between the egotist and an ego is egotist. Egoist and egotist. An egoist is one who thinks too much of himself. He thinks there's no one else as accomplished as himself, but an egotist is one who not only thinks he is cleverer by far than anyone else, but he goes around boasting about it. Generally, if we listen to people talking, we find that each person draws attention to his own accomplishments. He takes pleasure in pointing out his attainments in life. <clears throat> Seldom do we come across anyone who speaks in an unassuming manner and who draws attention to his failings. How many care to talk about the guidance they have received from a teacher or benefactor? So it is with the ego in us that makes us impatient if things do not go according to our own wishes. In this state we become restless, and restlessness leads to impatience. If we are we're only to live up to the Master's commands and leave the rest to Him, then patience and perseverance would be restored to us. They are the gifts of the Master once we learn to have full faith in Him, and patience does not lead us anywhere. But if we strive to develop patience, we are bound to progress in our meditations. On the other hand, once we give way to impatience, we cannot perse persevere with whatever difficulty might lay before us. That is bound to distract from our concentration. To surrender to impatience means that instead of attaining the goal steadily under the Master's grace and guidance, we fail under the sway of ego, and it takes more time. Patience means perfect faith in the Master's competency while carrying out one's duties, whether they are spiritual or worldly. Everything will come in its own time, good time. Once when I was about 12 or 13 years old, I spent part of my summer vacation at Bias. Of course, on my arrival, I went straight to Hazar Maharaja Ji's house so as to pay my respects to him, but I found that the people guarding the door stopped me from entering. I thought that as I had been prevented from seeing Hazar, 
I should help in the work that was going on as the new Satsang Hall was being built. During the day, I would do my service, thinking that the master will come out, and I will then be able to pay my obeisance to him. But four days went by, Azur had not come out, and I felt I could not go to his house. I became very sad. Although it is not my nature to be sad, those four days appeared to me as four ages, and I became greatly upset, but still I felt I should wait for Hazur. I was working with a hammer, breaking bricks into very small pieces that were to be used for the building. I vividly remember that it was very hot June weather, but still I decided to wait, as I felt I could not go back to Hazur's house and beg those guarding the doors for entrance. I still hoped in my heart that Hazur would surely ask for me, would call specially for me, then I happened to look up. It was about 2.30 in the afternoon. And in such terrible heat, there was Hazur coming towards me. His personal attendant, Gandhi, was holding an umbrella over the master's head. Hazur came straight up to me and said, What are you doing here? It is very good that you are doing seva, but why have you not come to see me? It was a very rare sight to see Hazur, only with one other person. Tears came to my eyes as he exclaimed what had happened. Who stopped you? He roared like a lion. Then he said, You come with me. I was just a child at the time, but he took me straight to his house. He called all those who were guarding his gate and said, When Darshi comes, nobody shall stop him from entering the house. So the moment we realize that our destiny lies with the benign hands of the Master in the hands of the Emperor of all both the worlds, naturally we will have to have full faith in him and patiently wait for the right moment when he will, of his own accord, bless us with a particular gift of his own choosing. Impatience on our part is an expression of lack of faith. This is a, a little reading from uh, The Secret of Secrets, Patience and Perseverance, which was referenced by the poem. Now as to the question of perseverance, the moment we start on the path leading back to God, we have to expect certain trials and tribulations on the way. Sometimes we have to pass through periods of poverty, sometimes through spells of public disgrace, and sometimes through times of ill health. With the grace of the Master, we, if we have cultivated perseverance, we pass through all these difficulties stronger, firmer in our love and devotion, and conscious that troubles are part of our daily life. A person who has perseverance is moved neither by the happiness nor by pain. He will remain balanced at all times. Ultimately, he reaches the stage where he feels no sorrow, no pain, no anxiety, no fear. Whatever comes, he takes his part of the normal round of life on this earthly plane. A person who has acquired perseverance and practiced it under all circumstances will recognize the hand of his master behind everything. He has reached the stage where the ego has been overpowered by humility. Where there is humility, there is patience and perseverance, and where these three flourish, virtues flourish, you will find a state of bliss and oneness with the Master. But before reaching that stage, we have to cultivate perseverance, especially in the initial period of discipleship. Just look at the lives of the saints. They are the embodiment of compassion. They never have ill feelings for anyone. At times they suffer from malice and insult, yet they always remain calm and undisturbed. They practice perseverance. 
They even face physical torture with the verb forbearance. It is a lesson for all who follow the divine path back to God. Salvation is only attained by perseverance. Patience and perseverance destroy the sting of self-will, which is separating us from the Lord. It has been said that the only veil between man and God is the individual's personal will or ego. The ego alone prevents the soul merging back into the oversoul. This veil is the most subtle veil. It is the most delicate veil, yet it is the hardest possible veil to penetrate. But still, with the Master's mercy and grace, this veil, through which we cannot see reality, and time becomes thinner and thinner, more and more subtle, until finally it becomes transparent. Through that veil, God himself is waiting, and through that veil, we begin to get a glimpse of him. But not until that veil vanishes altogether can we be reunited with him. So it is the ego which is the cause of our separation and makes it difficult to transcend the physical body and soar into the beyond to wing our way back to the source of all life. We have to remove all traces of the ego because of the ego is the last curtain, the last barrier between the lover and the beloved. The lover is on one side of the curtain and the beloved on the other. This veil starts by appearing to be as opaque and impenetrable as the mighty Himalayas. But eventually, with patience and perseverance, it becomes so clear that we can see through to the other side. It becomes totally transparent when we submit fully to the sweet will of the Master and carry out His behest. With patience and perseverance, the divine demon ego has been vanquished. The hurdles on the path surmounted. There we find the glorious resplendent master ready to draw us through the veil. When the veil vanishes, all illusion vanishes. We see the drop of the ocean of all consciousness merging back into the ocean. The lover becomes one of the beloved. There is no more separation or difference between the two. There are many books which give us upliftments, courage, and inspiration, yet it is a God-man alone who can give us a glimpse of the reality. A God-man through his inspiring glances, through a word or gesture, can bless us with the divine qualities of patience and perseverance so that the obstacles on the way to God-realization can be surmounted. We have only to bow down to the Master's instructions to obey him with all reverence, so as to allow his power to work through us for our benefit. The moment we start to recognize our helplessness, the moment we see we are not capable of achieving anything on our own, are not capable of moving forward on this path of Surat Yoga by our own efforts, then the God power and all its divine glory comes to our rescue. Once we resign ourselves to all humility, to the will of the Master, we become the protector. He becomes the protector of the unprotected. It becomes the sort of port of the unsupported. So the qualities of patience and perseverance are the basic requirements on the path of the masters. They are most essential. You will find in all walks of life that an impatient person lacks humility. And one who is unable to persevere is the slave of his little self, his ego. Fortune are those, fortunate are those who have developed the two P's, patience and perseverance, for they get easy access to the third P, the power of God. And those who have mastered patience and perseverance have shed the ego in totality, become one with the double P, hmm. the perpetual power. Wow.
Didn't know there was a double P. Perpetual power. So if I have patience and perseverance, I'll have perpetual power? <laughs> wow. I learn something every day. May 29th, we read this, I read this May 18th, 2016. Now it's May 29th, 2020. Make it positive power. Uh-huh. It's actually positive perpetual power, three piece. Three piece? Perpetual, per perpetual positive power? And patience. We could have perpetual positive power. We just read from, we read, we're perpetually reading from, from Larshansen because his errors takes place every day, not just once a year. Anyways, it's patience and perseverance from chapter eight from the secret of secrets. Uh -huh. At the beginning, now, what? At the first second, at the first of the second. Piece. We're only beginning to be persevere with patience. Uh -huh. The two pieces, the from the, from the <laughs> we, before we were impatient, I'm very impatient about getting this reading done. So, well, did you notice all those people? I mean, there's so much drinking going on, plus our, we've become basically non-alcoholics. Non non-alcoholics, right, with their drinking. Mm -hmm. And they opened up, now they have, you can take away, you can, drinking on the street, you can booze to go. <laughs> so it's a very in fashion, drinking is in fashion in New York. Who said that you could drink? No, they're, they, they're selling booze, drinks, on the, to go at the bars. We saw that. I think they are drinking it, though. They have a to-go, and I think of to-go drinks, which were are now, like, legal, because obviously you can't drink inside because of quarantine and stay in place and coronavirus. They Now they have these bars with windows to the street where you can get a drink, so... Drinking is a big in fashion now, so we're reading this poem about how to drink more. <laughs> Let's read it. I have to read the poem again. I used to make fun of, like, um, remember that they have in Ohio, like, um, uh, drive through a drive through liquor store so you can drive your car there and, and pick up booze and pick up some beer and drinks and and I used to make fun of it like it, it made it more fa facilitated drinking and driving <laughs> and it more facilitates it <laughs> it makes it more convenient to drink and drive <laughs> and now it's more convenient to get a drink and go drink on the street uh, which I, I don't think it's illegal or you're going to be punished for drinking a beer outside, on the street, outside the bar. So drinking is so popular, we're going to read about it. Mm -hmm. 
and says here. Why not just go drink in the mosque? <laughs> I know that. Let me read the poem again. It says, Whoever bid you to drink alone in secret, this is wine, so serve it to others and drink. He says we shouldn't read these poems alone in secret. We should be reading them on a podcast. Whoever bid you to drink alone in secret, this is wine, so serve it to others and drink. Worldly sorrows, bitter trials, forget them all and drink. Wow. Humming, stirring songs of love, raise your cup and drink. It's like a drinking song. Even as you reach for the cup, hold fast to the hem of devotion. First bow your head in worshipful love, then drink. You think we could have a non-alcoholic beer <laughs> while we read this poem? <laughs> huh. But this is all about the... Elixir. I know. It's, it's about, about cosmic the, wine. It's all about the alcohol, actually. It's about alcohol? It's 100% alcohol. This is 100% alcohol. If your longing cools, then what hope is there for bliss? About the, about all those stars that lie asleep. Waken them and drink. You should drink, say, saying you could drink uh, a lot, drink a uh, spiritual wine by doing a lot of meditation and get drunk on. The remedy for life's sorrow is to drown them in tears of love. Friends, a dark night has fallen. Light up the lamps and drink. Whatever... Whatever wine the sake wills becomes your destiny. Even if he pours you poison, smile, my friends, and drink. Mm. That's the thing about the patience and persevering. Whatever comes, you just continue to continue with meditation. Whether it's you have experience or don't have one, it doesn't matter. You just keep meditating. You see, they don't judge what their experiences. They just like a, they're like robots. These Zen monks who just sit in place and meditate, regardless of what happens. Uh -huh. He's just saying, keep meditating, uh -huh. and don't judge the what what you get out of it. Seeing my true devotion, the venerable shake exclaimed, Since drink you must, a darshan, better come to the mosque and drink. Do you think that's heretical in terms of the Muslim religion to come drink at the mosque? Mm -hmm. But he's emphasizing, like it said, that he's breaking the bounds of ordinary religion. <laughs> true devotion. So uniting religion with love. Well, to emphasize the point that the drink is... Uh, the drink a drink of love. It's not... Uh, it's not alcoholic anyway, so... It's not really heretical. It's not violating Islam, because we all know that it's not actually alcohol. <laughs> so the venerable sheikh would recommend it. <laughs> Mm. 
So we should hold fast to the poetry of Darshan Singh. Uh, hmm. uh, Do you get that or do you need to read it again? No, it's a relatively easy part. About the drinking. It's enthusiastic about drinking. The way you said it and the way it's like really weird things a drink. Drinks a drink. These uh, Urdu poets have done that, where they've uh, they've done a parallel poem where they're talking about spiritual wine and actual wine. They mix it up. They even do the same thing with God and romantic love. They mix it mix it up so you're confused as to or you're supposed to read the poem on two levels. <laughs> you could read it like it's drinking. Uh, uh, just drinking wine, or you could read it like it's drinking spiritual wine. Some of the other poems you read about it, it's a romantic love with a woman, and it could be symbolic of the love of God. They do that as it's part of style. Yeah, the mother does it all the time. She talks about a woman, a girl. Mm. See, and, uh, but it's about uh, master of the red poem 49 of Love's Last Madness, which is poem 61, Mata Inur. I think we covered everything there. We read a chapter from Secret of Secrets by Darshan Singh. Actually, there's another chapter I wanted to read. We'll have to read that another time. Any other comment? Mm-hmm. All right.